All right. Are we back? We're back. Actually, this is my front, and that's your front. That's really good. All right, guys. 2009 is like right around the corner. Isn't that crazy? That is like, that's mind-boggling to me. I don't know. I just, it seemed like 11 and a half months ago almost, my son was born. That seems like yesterday. I, mean, I hear Autumn is. She has two kids already. And by the way, we got Autumn's youth group here with us tonight, so make sure that you welcome them. Yay! Like we're a huge crowd of millions of people. <laughs> so we, <laughs> That's all good. So uh, what are you guys doing? I mean, 2009, what do we do? What are you guys going to do? Graduate. You're going to graduate. Okay, let, let's be more specific. What are you guys doing tomorrow night? You're working at midnight? Really? I want to go. Sweet. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Are you guys doing anything? Sleeping? Like old fogies? Yeah. I'm going to sleep until you guys skip to my house. <laughs> What's that song you guys sing when the clock strikes midnight? Holy night? <laughs> Old Lang Syne? How's it go? Hmm? Good morning, yeah. <laughs> How's it go? Should all acquaintance be forgot and never learn to know? Keep your eye I think it's kind of got the same ring, huh? Keep your eye on the going Should all acquaintance be forgot? No. Does <laughs> it? Can't same tempo, but can I can I read you guys something I found out about Old Lang Syne? Yeah. For years and years, I've wondered what it was, and I never like checked it out. Well, guess what? I checked out what Old Lang Syne means. All right. So a little Wikipedia for you here from the pulpit. <clears throat> it says this. It's actually Old Lang Syne is a Scottish poem. Wow. Ta-da! Hey. <laughs> Woo! Okay, moving on. So it was written. <laughs> It was also, check this out, it was written by a guy named Robert Burns. Does that just make your hair stand on end? No. Because he was from 1788, so 20-some years ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 1788. And it was set to an old folk song. So it wasn't this hard rock and stuff that Reliant K puts out nowadays, you know. Believe it or not, it's old. Okay. Yep, guess what? It's also well known in many English-speaking countries and is often sung to celebrate the start of a new year. Wow. At, guess what, what time? Midnight. The stroke of midnight. You guys didn't know any of this, did you? I didn't. I mean, this is like cool stuff right here. This is something you can go into 2009 and say, I learned something at youth group. In 2009. In 2008. Eight. It's a year old already. Okay, no, really. The, song, <laughs> the song's Scots title may be translated into English as literally, literally as Old Long Sense. Old Long Sense. Or more idiomatically, Long Long Ago. Or <coughs> Days Gone By. You guys are getting excited about this. I am excited about this. Not, not really. This is pretty lame. Um, but <clears throat> it's, also, it's also used in similar poems by Robert Aiton. You guys know who he is? Yeah, Robert Aiton. Yeah, he was. Uh, he lived about 200 years before this other guy, like 1570. <laughs> okay, 
Alan Ramsey, 1686, and James Watson, as well as other older folk song uh, people that predated this Burns guy. In, in his retelling of the fairy tales, in the Scots language, this guy named Matthew Fitt <laughs> used the phrase, in, in the days of old Lang Syne, as the equivalent as once upon a time. In Scots, sign, S-I-G-E or S-Y-N-E, is pronounced like the English word sign. So confusion about this exact meaning of the words has led to a common addition of the sake of to the last line, despite this not being part of the traditional lyric, for the sake of old Lang Syne, for the sake of days gone past, for the sake of once upon a time. Okay, so I'm going to throw up the lyrics to old Lang Syne up here. Please don't sing them because it's, yeah, you gotta say, it's not the right time. It's not midnight tomorrow night. Don't throw up either. That's, that's good. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you guys in the old Scott version. Okay, it's in the best of my ability. Cause this is really hard. It sounds like, you, ever, you guys ever play that game Mad Gab? Yeah. It's kind of like, like reading Mad Gab to you. Okay, so I'm going to throw up the words here and see if, it, if what I say kind of makes sense to the lines up there. Okay, the first lines you guys all know from Elf, I'm sure. Okay, it says, Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days o' lang syne? Does that sound Scottish or like kind of like Eddish? Eddish. <laughs> for old lang syne, my Joe, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup o' kindness yet for old lang syne. And surely ye be your pint stop, and surely I be mine. <coughs> And we'll take a couple kindness yet for old Lang Syne. We twa have on a boat the brez and put the guns fine. <laughs> but <laughs> but we wandered the money a weary foot sing old Lang Syne. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> we twa have pull head to the barn. Fra morning sun ti dine, <laughs> but says between us braid hay road, Saint Olding sign. <laughs> really close, aren't they? I think we're on like line two, or we are on line two, aren't we? And there's a hand, my trusty fear, a geese a geese a handle down, and we'll talk a right good Willy Watts <laughs> for Olding sign. <laughs> Yeah. You like, you like that? I've been working. I practiced all day on this, guys. I mean, give me some credit. <laughs> Thanks, man. What do you? Thanks. Yeah. So, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you guys doing for resolutions this year? Are you guys doing resolutions at all? No, I normally forget mine. You never forget. <laughs> so you don't remember what yours was last year? No. So you probably didn't fulfill it. That's a good start. So you probably didn't fulfill it because you forgot it. Zane's got a resolution.
for the normal type is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. We'll subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. For he will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone with a shout, the Lord with the sound of triumph. Um, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is king of all the earth, sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have gathered together. The people, God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong to God. God is greatly exalted. <laughs> Psalms 47? I wouldn't doubt it, man. You know, the, the Jews had that crazy calendar. They had, I think they had like a 15-month calendar or something, didn't they? Didn't 16. they? 16? 16-month? 16 so at the turn of that, that was probably their song. I mean, I, I when you guys hear Psalms, you guys hear songs, <laughs> songs in your head. That song, as you read that psalm, I had this like old-time oompa song in my head going on. <laughs> God, it's going to with the shout. The Lord with the sound of the trumpet. Anyway. Yeah, totally. So, what, you guys have any resolutions yourself? Going on? Make some kind of goal for next year? Nothing? I'm going to show you a little clip about some people, some other people's goals. Maybe it'll give you some ideas, stir up some ideas for you. This year I spend more time with my kids. I want to stop gossiping. Did you see what she was wearing? Yeah. This year I'm going to join the Vikings game. This year I'm going to control my shop. I'm going to stop spending $6 on a cup of coffee. I'm going to control my anger. What are you doing? How is there to work here? I want to find that special girl. How are you doing? Pick it up! This year I'm going to call my parents more. This year... Get rid of this pot belly. I want to care more about the environment. I want to be a better handyman. This year I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to charge 10% of my gross pay. This year I will pay off all my debts. I'm going to go back to school and get my master's. I want to complete a little farm. I want to quit smoking. <coughs> this year I'll control my road rage. I want to have a day of quiet time. Okay, maybe a monthly quiet time. <laughs> you got any ideas now? Yeah. Any thoughts? You're crystal. <laughs> you spend less on coffee. Six bucks a cup. <laughs> Don't. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> You guys know what the difference between a resolution and a revolution is? Yeah. A resolution and a revolution. Well, revolution usually people die. Yeah. Here's some things I grabbed off of dictionary.com. Just to kind of give you guys a little illustration here this evening, okay? Resolution, a resolve or determination to make a firm resolution to do something. The act of resolving or determining upon an action or course of action, method, procedure, etc. The mental state <clears throat> could be questionable for some of us, or the quality of being resolved or resolute, firmness of purpose. The act or process of resolving or separating into consistent or elementary parts. 
Whew, okay, revolution, the deadlier part. Let's check it out. <laughs> revolution. <laughs> An overthrow or repudiation and the, and the thorough replacement of an establishment, established government or political system by the people governed. I like that one. That's why I underlined it because it's going to go more personal here. <laughs> Sociology, a radical and persuasive change in society and the social structure, especially one made suddenly and often accompanied by violence, per Zane. A sudden, complete, or marked change in something. I like that one too. A procedure, of course, as if in a circuit, back to a starting point, a revolution, like a single turn of this kind. Turn to a full revolution, like on your bike, you're riding, wheel goes all the way around. So, real quick, let's jump back to the resolution things that you guys set last year. How many of you guys set a resolution last year? Anybody? Did you did you do it? Um, all of them. Some of them. Have you guys ever done that before and said, "I'm going to do this this year"? Yeah. Every year you do that. Did you? Do you guys ever feel bad for not doing that? Being like, I could get down on yourself. Like I'm such a loser. I didn't do it. You kick yourself. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you get down on yourself. Do you ever feel like saying, what's the point? Like, what's, and then just stop, just don't even set any goals or anything like that? I'm getting an eyeball, pointer, finger. Huh? Huh? I mean, do you guys feel like, how do you guys feel coming to the end of this year? Do you guys feel good about how last year went for you? So, so, you graduated? Good for you. Good. Yeah, that's cool. That's a big accomplishment. What are some What are some things that you guys accomplished this year? Do you guys accomplish anything good? I've I've done that <laughs> quite a few times. <laughs> oh, I I can't see if you're writing on the fine paper back here. Uh huh. Got that. Okay. Well, I got an accomplishment I want to tell you guys something about. Not about me, though. It's about this guy right here in the black sweater. This guy read through his whole Bible last year. The whole thing! How old are you, Sage? Twelve years old. How many of you guys have read through the Bible before? The whole Bible. Good job. Straight through? Three quarters of the way? That's a, that's a huge accomplishment. Man. Most people, most Christians go through their whole life without even going through it once. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. They get pieces of it here and there, and then they say, well, if you conglomerate it and put it all together in a box, then I probably read through the whole Bible at one point. <laughs> here, here's, here's a quote that I heard a long time ago. I, want, I just really want to say something to Sage, though, right now. Man, you have done something that a lot of kids in your, in your age group will probably never accomplish. Uh, they won't even put their mind to something like that. You know, so you'll pray to God that He would just instill in your heart the things that you've read and bring back to memory, the things that, that you've gone through. And that's a lot of books. 66 books, lots of chapters in each one of those books. You probably don't remember all of them, do you? Because I would be really impressed. <laughs> but you know what? God's Spirit has a way of, of reminding you. The Bible says that, um, actually Jesus said that the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will remind you of all things that I've taught you. So when you get to the point where you need a confrontation of the word, like how, and what, in, in this situation I'm in right now, God, how, how would your word encourage me? What can you tell me from your word? 
And you know what? Scriptures will pop into your head and you'll be like, you know what? God said that um, nothing formed against me shall prosper. And uh, you know what? Your word also says that your love never fails, that, that there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. You know, things are just going to pop into your head. So congratulations, man. Keep it up. Keep reading it. Just because you went through it doesn't mean you're done, right? Yeah. You're going to live for how much longer? <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But, you know, the more you read it, the more your mind will be fresh with these things, all right? So way to go, dude. So for those of us in here, that could still be a goal for us, okay? But here's a quote. I want you guys to see um, it's something that... that <clears throat> Um, I learned back when I was probably 16, this guy read it out of the book, what we call the book called The Green Book, which was really not the name of the book. <laughs> it was a book of um, devotions for youth back in the 1800s, early 1800s, maybe late 19, early 1900s, uh, somewhere in that era, by a guy named Bob Thayer. The book was called... Um, something that escaped my mind right now. <laughs> Finding Favor with God and Man. Thank you. Yes, that's the book right there. Incredible book. Incredible insight. Uh, really beyond a lot of our reading level right now in, in America. People that graduate high school don't really have more than eighth grade reading level. And this was like, this would be considered like college reading level for people that graduated high school back then. So anyways, this is the quote. It says, The sailor that knows not which port for which he is bound, no wind can be favorable. What does that mean? The sailor that knows not which port for which he is bound, no wind can be favorable. What's that? He did the wind. He did the wind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't know where you're going. Who cares if the wind blows or not? It's like that, that dead calm. Have you guys ever seen um, Master and Commander? Yeah. There's a dead calm. They're just kind of sitting there. There's no wind. It's like... <laughs> But they had a place to go, so they're like antsy. They're like, "Come on, somebody just get on the back. Everybody get on the back of the boat and blow really hard." <laughs> if you don't know where you're going, then it doesn't really matter how you get there, right? That's what he's saying. You could spend your whole life being thrown around by waves if you don't have a goal in mind. In fact, the Bible's kind of similar to this, right? The Bible says something about being tossed to and fro from the, by waves. You know what the Bible says about that? Remember hearing that scripture? Here it is. It's, it's James 1, 6 through 8. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the, of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. People like that should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. They can't make up their minds. They waver back and forth in everything they do. What's the opposite of doubt? Belief. Faith, belief, trusting, right? If you have a faith, you have a trust, you have a belief system. You have what? You have something to go after, something to strive for, something to, to give you um, confidence in what you're doing, right? You're not going to be tossed back and forth. So the wind in your sails right then and there is your belief that God has something good in store for you, right? Do you guys believe that? You guys are all Christian here, right, I assume? You guys all know, all know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? So do you believe that that's the it? Is that the end of your Christianity? You get saved and that's it. You can move on in life. Go to church every once in a while. Go to youth group. There's got to be more, right? Like, like that song, there must be more. Ryan didn't go anything like that. It was like that vineyard song. There must be more. No. <laughs> you know, there's some songs you just want to take and turn around and make it good, but you can't because you know, all this other stuff. 
But don't you wish you knew what God's port for your life was? Yes. Yes. Do you know what your port, the port is for your life? Sort of. Some of us know. Some of us don't know. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. Tell me if you don't know. But if you're wondering where this all is going, then maybe you need to start in a really obvious place. You're Christian. What is the one major tool God has given us as Christians? The Word, which is what? Living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, able to penetrate. Even if you know where you're going, maybe you need some clarification on where you're going. Like Hannah, she said, I kind of know. But you know, it's, it's, also, it's this process of transformation that's continually going on in our lives. We're always being transformed into His likeness. It's not like, it doesn't just stop at one point. And like, ta-da! I'm glowing, transparent, transformed. The butterfly starts off as a little worm, right? What does it start off before it's a worm? An egg. Yeah. That's like asking where did the chicken come from? <laughs> I don't know. Did the egg come first? Ah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, you, you transport. It starts as a little egg, turns into a larva, and it's a worm, then it's a beautiful butterfly, right? <laughs> and the continuation just keeps going. But, and then what happens to the butterfly? He lays the eggs and the circle of life begins again and all that good stuff, right? So, but you see, the problem in, in getting that clarification and knowing where God, kind of getting an idea where God's going with us and, and then knowing where God's going with us is that the problem that can be is that we take that into our own control and say, God wants me to be a musician. Well, I'm going to start off playing in bars and... You know, because that's got to be a really good spot to get my my voice out there in the public, and uh, I might get a few bottles thrown in my faces. But I believe this is what God wants me to do. And you know, <laughs> I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to say that's totally wrong because I don't know. God might speak to you a little differently than He does me, but it's kind of hard for me to believe that He'd start you off there, unless your work, be, unless it was pre-salvation. You know, <laughs> maybe you're working on your testimony. <laughs> but Proverbs 16. <laughs> Proverbs 16.9 says this, that we should make plans, which is okay, right? We can make plans counting on God to lead us and direct us. I thought this was pretty cool. Isn't that pretty cool? That's pretty cool. Except one way is pointing the wrong way. Jesus! Okay. Um, We know that God has given us all commands in the Bible, right? We have commandments. We don't have suggestions. We have... What are some commandments that God's given us? Can you think of any? You can think of the Ten Commandments or even some of the commandments that Jesus gave or in the New Testament. Don't kill is probably a good one. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Strength. Good? Yeah. Would that be, if that's a command, do you think that that would be the will of God? Sure. That would help direct us, huh? Love God. That's a good starting place. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Strength. How do we get there, though? How do we know these things? We need, again, it always directs us back to the Word. We need to get the Word inside of us, right? So I just want to reflect really quick on Joshua 1, uh, 3-9. This was also, during the time I got that, that quote, somebody gave me that quote about the sailor that knows not which port for which he is bound, no wind can be favorable. Right about the same time, um, I learned this scripture, which is a really common scripture for those of us that have been in the church for a while. But it's powerful. Check this out. This is God speaking to Joshua. Joshua just uh, took over the ministry of Moses. Joshua, who also was like basically uh, Moses' right-hand man, um, helped him talk (laughs) a lot. Um, But God says to Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. 
as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the great Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. That's a long ways. <laughs> Isn't that a long ways? No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide it as an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do accordingly to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. How long? Day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Now say this together with me. For then... Say it with me. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You guys ever read those words, for then or therefore? When you see those words, what you should do is go see what they're there for, or what they're for then for, therefore. Okay? Because this is pretty cool. Okay? It says, the book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe, that was a corny little voice there, I know, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then, after that, for then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. I command you, a command, was this a suggestion? No, this was a command, I command you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. God is with you, dude. Does that give you some excitement about going into the new year? Why? For then you will make your way. I'm looking forward to a prosperous new year. I'm not getting into the whole, you know, abundant, prosperous, you know, mucho faith extravaganza, living life beyond your means and getting full of debt and stuff and then crying out to God, why did you get me here? Why did you let me? You know, because it says, if you meditate on it, the Word of God, what happens? Your life starts to transform. You start to live by it, right? God promises in Deuteronomy 28 that if you follow the commands of the Lord, that there's blessings that come from that. But if you don't, the next chapter talks about a lot of curses, <laughs> a lot of bummer stuff, right? Okay, so I want to see what your, what your Bible knowledge is a little bit tonight, okay? I'm gonna, we're going to expand your Bible knowledge a little bit with a few trivia questions. Okay, check this out. If you guys can answer these, I am totally impressed because this is like high knowledge stuff, right? Okay, where does it say that God can make people laugh? In the Bible. In the Bible. Very good. Next question. Uh, <laughs> where, where is the first known mention? Wait, that's not in my notes. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. I'm sorry. Where is the first fast food mentioned in the Bible? Let's start there. Where is the first fast food mentioned in the Bible? Manna, I think it was manna. Exodus twelve eleven, eat it with your traveling clothes on, prepared for a long journey, wearing your walking shoes and carrying your walking sticks in your hand. Eat it hurriedly. The observance shall be called the Lord's Passover. Is that crazy? Where do we find the first spa days? Spa? Yeah, spa. You guys go to a spa, right? Like Rob, you go to spas, don't you? No. Oh. First spa day? I go there sometimes. Drop Una off. <laughs> okay, check this out. The first spa days was in Esther. 
two nine. Okay. <laughs> she was very much imp- uh, this Haggai was who was responsible to f- for the harem was very much impressed with her and did his best to make her happy. He ordered a special menu for her, favored her with the beauty treatments, gave her seven girls from the palace as her maids, and gave her the most luxurious apartment in in the harem. In the harem, that doesn't sound right. Copied that wrong. <laughs> girls, that's the kind of guy you want. Right there. <laughs> Don't settle for anything less. Wait for that prince on the white horse to come in riding with his sword high, slaying your enemies, right? If you do that, you'll be nothing but a skeleton sitting on your couch waiting for him to come. <laughs> what does it say there? <laughs> yeah, Jesus riding on a white horse. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now we're, now, now we're to where God makes people laugh. Okay, where does he make people laugh? <clears throat> any, any ideas? No. How about Job? Can you believe it's in Job? No. Yeah. Check it out. Job 8.21. <laughs> He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Yes, that was from Job. Wow. <laughs> or in Job. <laughs> How about where does God laugh in the Bible? All over the place. <laughs> yeah. Psalm, uh, He's probably like, Zane did what again? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Psalms 2.4. How about this? Two, Psalms 2.4. But God in heaven merely laughs. He is amused by all their puny plans. <laughs> Okay, these might be different, really odd translations, like from the Message or the Street Bible or whatever. But it's kind of cool. It works. Psalms thirty-seven, twelve, and thirteen says, "The Lord is laughing at those who plot against the godly, for He knows their judgment day is coming." <laughs> Where does it say that God can talk to you in your dreams? Genesis, Joseph, like Joseph, yeah, Daniel. How about Job 33, 14 and 15? It says, For God speaks again and again in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls on man and they lie on their beds. Remember when um, God was sarcastic? Not Jesus, because we, and Jesus was sarcastic plenty of times, but I accidentally put Jesus on this line. I should say God. But how about Job 38, 16 through 21? He's talking to Job. I love this part when Job's talk, or God's talking to Job. He's like, have you explored the springs from which the seas come or walked in the sources of their depth? Has the location of the gates of death been revealed to you? Do you re- realize the extent of earth? Tell me about it if you know. Where does the light come from? And how do you get there? Or tell me about the darkness. Where does it come from? Can you find its boundaries or go to its source? But of course you know all of this. <laughs> For you were born before it was all created and you are so very experienced. <laughs> Yeah. Where did God make a mule talk? This is one of my favorite ones. I don't know why I have Second Peter two sixteen here. Maybe it was a it was a reference to it. But Balaam was stopped from his mad course when his donkey spoke to him with a human voice, scolding and rebuking him. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Peter, Peter was referring to that. That's right. Okay, how about this? Where is there a description of the sea monster? Jonah? Is it where you guys are like, Job? 
It's okay if you don't know. It's text. Job 41. How about Job 41? The whole chapter, so I'm not going to read it, but it's basically regarding the Leviathan, a reptile or whale, limbed, fire-breathing, sneezing, hard-hearted, scaly creature, you know, whose name is proudest beast. Uh, don't try to capture a sea monster. That's also in the Bible. Um, it's in verse 9. <laughs> Where does the word say not to be a mule? Job. <laughs> Job. Everything else has been Job. Let's say Job. Okay, how about Psalms 32.9? Don't be like a senseless horse or a mule that has to have a bit in its mouth to keep it in line. Hmm. Okay, most of these, these next ones originated in the Bible. Um, do you know, but do you know where they can be found? How about a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? Proverbs. Not? How about Ecclesiastes 6 9? Uh, same author. Same author? You wanna, does somebody want to look that up for me, real quick? What is it, Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes 6 9? How about one bad apple spoils the whole bunch? This is in the Bible, actually. It is in the Bible. Uh, yeah, it sounds like something from Proverbs. Yeah. The bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I must have a different translation here. Anybody have a message Bible? I think this is from my message. <laughs> okay, one bad apple spoils the whole barrel. I'm skipping again. I don't want to look embarrassed there. Oops, too late. Oh, oh well. <laughs> okay, one bad apple spoils the whole barrel. Galatians 5.9. Somebody want to hit that one up for me real quick? Are you in a New Living Translation or New King James? Okay. It might be looser in the New Living. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, one bad apple spoils the whole barrel. <laughs> yeah. It's like shutting the barn after the horses get out. Ecclesiastes 10.11. How about this one? God helps those who help themselves. I got you guys so confused now. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's <laughs> Heresy. I'm a Bible college. I'm a class of 101. It's like shutting the barn after the horses get out. Ecclesiastes 10. Okay, how about a nose ring? You know there's a nose ring in the Bible? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas. Uh, Genesis. Oh, yeah. 41. How about Ezekiel? <laughs> Ezekiel 16, 11 through 12 says, I gave you lovely ornaments, bracelets and beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose and two more for your ears and a lovely tiara for your head. Uh, it might talk about in Genesis when the, you know, how do you steer an oxen or something? <laughs> I don't know. No, it was. Oh, the serpent. Oh, the serpent. Yeah. oh, that's right. Yeah. Way to go. You got a pretty fart smeller back there. Smart feller. Okay, how about this? Where did the Bible talk about tattoos? Revelation? Genesis? 
Exodus? Does, where does the Bible talk about tattoos? In the good light. In the good light. Let's put it that way. Revelation? Revelation? Are you talking about the mark of the beast? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isaiah 44 5 says, I am the Lord's. They'll probably say, or I am a Jew, and tattoo upon their hands the name of God or the honored name of Israel. Uh, Isaiah 49 16 says, The Lord's tattoo, it says it like this See, I have tattooed your name upon my palm, and ever before me is a picture of Jerusalem walls in ruins. Hmm. Does the, does the word say that you can identify a fool just by the way he walks? Proverbs. Proverbs. How about Ecclesiastes 10.3? 10.3. Same guy. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> this was one of his more demented, though. <laughs> How about where, where are puppies mentioned in the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I guess that works, but it's not really no, puppies. Close. Yeah. So even the dogs eat from the table, kind of thing. Yeah. I have Matthew fifteen twenty seven, where she says, "Yes, it is. For even the puppies beneath the table are permitted to eat the crumbs that fall." Is that crazy? So. Can you imagine the depth of knowledge that you can get from reading the Bible like that? Isn't that incredible? Don't you guys wish you knew those things before I asked you? Yes. Yeah. Those are fun things to learn. Right. How about, did you guys know that the word cool is in the Bible? C-H-U-L. C-H-U-L? Yeah, in Psalms, the 50s. Shul? Like the depths of Shul? No. That one? No. Shul? Shul? I thought it was K O O L. In 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 the Hebrew, I thought it was spelled K O O L. I think that's a cigarette. Skull. <laughs> what? Yeah, fifty five twenty two says what? The Lord will sustain me or something like that. And he shall sustain you. Cool. So when you guys go, cool, you go like, yeah, cool. The words will sustain me. Cool. Okay. Okay. So here you go. I want, I want you to check out this other clip. This is from a movie called uh, To End All Wars. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Killer movie. Killer movie. Um, you, if, you, if your parents will let you watch it, watch it. It's a rated R, but it's, it's got such a strong Christian undertone to it. It'll just blow you away. <laughs> check this out. This book teaches to turn the other cheek. We read these books and we become better slaves for the Emperor.
anlamlı mevsimde yok. <gülüyor> He says the book is superstition. <gülüyor> The movie is a killer movie. It's about uh, the World War II and the um, not concentration camps, but the prisoner of war camps. And uh, this guy that you saw up there is from the Scottish Army, <clears throat> and uh, they get they get basically get captured by the Japanese and forced to work and building a, a train train track into the depths of the jungle and stuff. But um, They're basically stripped from everything. They don't know when the war is going to be over. They don't even know if people know where they're at because at that time, war camps are spread out all over the um, the world, really. But a lot of stuff going on in Japan and Korea. And uh, Anyways, so be, imagine that, being stripped of everything that you have and know just to work as slaves forever. And then you get you get a bunch of books. A pile of books come in like... You get this book from Shakespeare. You get a book. Of, you get the Bible thrown in the pile. Maybe a book of Confucianism, and which really means Confucianism. Um, but I mean, what book would you go for? Bible. The Bible. I mean, we, that's an obvious answer to those that are saved, right? But why would we go for the Bible? Because it has hope, right? Because it sustains, huh? Because it's living and active. Because it gives, brings hope. Because it's capable. Right. What if you didn't have that Bible? <coughs> yeah, the Chinese, um, you know, they don't, they don't have the liberties like we do. You know, they're, they're, they can't have what, <coughs> what we call bread <laughs> um, over there because if they know that you have a Bible, you get you get busted pretty hard over there. Yeah. Um, so you got to have a lot of it. a lot of the stuff that they a lot of their Bibles. Because they can't, some people can't afford them, but you know they're smuggled in and stuff. But they do it a lot from memory. They just they write down from memory what they what they remember and, and from the word, and surprisingly how accurate it is. You know, they, a lot of these guys could put together most of the New Testament for you. You know, because they got so much of it in here. How many of you guys have a Bible? Everybody, good. Everyone has a Bible. It's excellent. How many of you have a nifty little Bible cover for it? Excellent. Why do you have a nifty little Bible cover for it? <laughs> to protect what? To protect the Word of God? Because Bibles are expensive. Because Bibles are expensive. <laughs> Good. Okay. No, I agree. They protect it from damage. That's good. Protect it from damage. But uh, how about when you actually practice what the Bible says and you're reading it all the time? You know, you want to kind of keep it in good condition because this is, like you said, it's an expensive Bible. We'll keep it in good condition. And if I'm going to read it all the time, I want to make sure that uh, it's not succumbed to the, the, the nasty, nasty effects of weather and wind and rain and snowboarding. And, you know, in case it might take a bullet, maybe I'll have a bulletproof one or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but if you take it wherever you go, I mean, that means you could pick it up and read it without it falling apart. Unless it's a Bible that you really, you know, you didn't pay a lot of money for it. And maybe, it doesn't really matter if you have a Bible cover now. That's not really my point. You know, if you're reading it, that's a good thing. It should look like shreds. Yeah, I know we always bring it back to Zane's, uh, you know, nasty, not nasty Bible, but it was, a, it was pretty torn up by the time he got his new one. That was impressive. He did a lot of reading and he did a lot of studying in it. It was, a, it was cool. Remember when he left, he, he held that up. He's like, this is the, this is the thing that's going to sustain you. I remember that. Um, 
It's, but maybe for some of us, you know, a lot of us think it's a status symbol or we, we act like it's our, it's our admission ticket into Sunday services or to get into the church on the weekends or whatever. But it's, it's, it should be so much more than that, right? It's, maybe it should be um, something that we, we read surprisingly every day, maybe. Does that sound good? How about every month? <laughs> also? <laughs> How about when you guys read it? When you guys read it, do you just say, okay, i got to sit down. Three chapters today. I can do this. You open the thing and you go, numbers? Why am I in numbers? Who's, who's this person begot? Anyways, he had a lot of children. This is crazy. Or do you read it going, God, I pray that your word just comes alive to me tonight. Or right now in this moment, God, that it would become rhema. You guys know what rhema is? I've said it before, but rhema is the spoken, revealed word of God. That's when you, when you come across something that you read before, and all of a sudden, this time it makes sense. This time it stands out to you, and it's life-forming. It's life-changing. It just it revolutionizes the way you live, right? But this is the kind of stuff we should desire. In fact, First Peter 3.15 says that, um, that we should be able to give an account or an answer to anybody that asks us about the hope that we have. If, if you have a hope, not just that, hey, I'm going to heaven, uh, well, how do you know that? What's, what's your answer and hope there? I mean, Romans 3.23, or Romans 6.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, our gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a good answer. But what about your other answers that come from, well, I know God's going to sustain me for this moment. Are you going to be able to say Psalms 52? You know? But because we don't know the Word, but because we don't meditate on it, we end up giving answers that are only partially true. right? God created the world, but you know what I believe? I think that uh, He created it in seven days, but because to God a day is like a thousand years, one day could have took a millennia. So really the world is seven billion years old. Hmm. Is, that, is that scriptural? Well, it's scripture, but you know, so is the scripture that says... Uh, Go and do likewise and take another scripture that says uh, Judas, Judas hung himself. <laughs> but the Bible says we should go hang ourselves right there. says it. Right? No. When we take and combine... See, that's not asking for the heart of God. That's not seeking the answers, right? That's not knowing the Word of God for what, it, for what He meant it to be. And that's what's confusing people today about Christianity, let alone those who fringe on, the, on coming to Christ. It's kind of like the, the skit guys that we saw earlier. And he was like... You know what the problem is? Anyways, I'm moving on. Don't want to get sidetracked here. Rabbit trails go crazy in the head. Um, how many of you guys have ever been in love? Had a girlfriend? Had a boyfriend? How many of you guys? I'm glad you raised your hand, babe. Thanks. <laughs> is this still the same? Did I ever write you a letter? Did you ever write me a letter? Yeah, you did. You wrote me a lot. I think I wrote you quite a, I think I wrote you a letter. Cards. I wrote you cards, mostly. Yeah. Lots of sappy stuff in there. Yeah. Like your teeth are like the lambs on a thousand hills. Like mm-hmm. Okay. But when you guys get a letter from your supposedly love of your life, what do you do? You like hang on every word. You're like, dear Charles. He called me dear. She called me, not he, she, she, she called me, she called me dear. Does she really mean it? She thinks I'm dear? Oh boy, how was your day? 
how was your day? She really cares about me, doesn't she? She wants to know how my day was. <laughs> this is true love. <laughs> you kind of dote over every word, don't you? Like, just, you? You read it over and over again. You just ponder, oh, what this person's doing, what he's thinking. But you know what? That's exactly what God did in his Bible for us. I love you so much. He even gave us direction on how to live. Isn't that amazing? Bible, of course, Psalms 139 talks about how you know, he knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before you were born. Incredible stuff. It's not that you were just a happenstance, right? So take, take a second and think again of the resolutions that you want to make for this coming year. Okay, you got a chance to, to, to do this. You're, what, a day and a half out now. <clears throat> Don't just come up with some kind of answer like, I want to I grow my Christianity. Now, isn't that vague? <laughs> That's like saying the world's going to end someday. <laughs> Let's get a little more specific. How are you going to do that? Let's make some serious resolutions, revolutions. Remember um, that definition when we talked about revolution? It says an overthrow of, um, of government, a political system, a sudden and complete or marked change in something, a procedure, a procedure or course as if in a circuit back to, starting, to a starting point. Let's do something that totally revolutionizes the way we do our Christianity. Okay, think about that. One last clip. Actually, two last clips. I'm going to skip the, the one about God's uh, photo album, but do the resolution one. <laughs> this is more adult. This is something might, you might be able to relate to a little bit more. What are my New Year's resolutions? To lose weight. Giving up caffeine. No smoking cigarettes. Getting a new job. Getting more in track with budget. Maybe be more considerate of others. Take better care of myself. Spend less money. Do a better job taking care of my family. Drink less coffee. Go with the flow, I guess. How do you try to be uh, a better Christian? So every year I usually resolve to make some, but then I don't. Well, I'm so old, I don't make them anymore. I don't even know where the concept came from for making resolutions. This seems kind of pointless. Can't break them if you don't make them. I think it's a new beginning. I think a lot of it helps us to look at centering ourselves again. If you want to change something, you should just change it whenever. I mean, putting a date on it, I don't know if that really helps it. Maybe the resolution just sets a direction. Usually New Year's resolutions are probably only thought up in probably about a week. That's about two months, you just kind of give up on them. I just never, never really said any that really meant enough to me. I guess I didn't have the will to finish them. I think mostly it's like you just kind of forget and you have other things to do. It's just something that you know you're never going to achieve and so you say there's a New Year's resolution so you're not obligated to do it. I guess I really haven't had anything which is like important enough to me to like actually stick to it. I think we just get bored easier. You stick to it for about two weeks and then life happens. You guys have some resolutions thought up in your head now? What are you going to do? I hope I'm kind of like feeding in some thoughts of what you're going to do next year. <laughs> this is kind of the whole point of my little snippet here. But um, what are you going to do this year that will revolutionize yourself? Can I suggest one thing? Do what Sage did. Read through the Bible. Now, guys, I know this is kind of crazy. I'm just going to play you a clip of just kind of overview of what the Bible is, but I know we're running short on time. But um, it's really cool. So if you guys aren't in a cell group, check out um, one of our cell groups because they're going through the Truth Project, and this this thing's called God's Photo Album. It's really cool. Just Maybe I'll play it at the end. <laughs> Something we're leaving in all, but... Um, 
see why I think as a youth group this year, is gonna, I'm going to really talk about reading the Bible, going through the Bible. We're, I'm going to be placing an order <coughs> uh, on, on some youth Bibles. They're youth chronological Bibles. Una did it last year. I did it the year before. Um, but where you basically you read in order as the scriptures were written. Um, some people say Genesis was written first. Some people say Job was written first. And, you, you know, there's some good points to all that. Um, not yet on this. That's okay. Um, but, <laughs> you know, you can do three, two or three chapters a day, depending on how fast you read. It shouldn't take more than 15 minutes to read. 15 minutes a day to read through the whole Bible in a year. Do you guys have 15 minutes in your day? Anywhere? I mean, 15 minutes, maybe you're waiting at a bus stop, maybe you're follow, trying to fall asleep or something, I don't know. You know. But getting it in you, it's a good place to start if you haven't gotten through your Bible. You should read it because it'll just open up a whole new word, world to you. I used to kind of wonder, what was this all about the Judah, um, <clears throat> Judah and Babylon and Israel and, how, and the Assyrians and which conquered who and what time frame. But you know what? When you read through the, the chronological Bible, you can be reading through the middle of Samuel and there's a psalm in the middle of Samuel. Or you can read through Kings and all of a sudden you're jumping back to um, Ezra or, or Second Chronicles. And, and you'll, be, you'll be amazed at how many things you have already read that are repeated in the Bible. And it's amazing. Like, remember last, last time we met, we talked about um, the Feast of Tabernacles and that was like writ- 10 times the same paragraph was in there. But, you know, you wouldn't know that unless you were reading through the Bible chronologically. You'd be like, didn't I just read this? Is this like deja vu all over again or what? <laughs> you know, but... It's no sweat, really. What if you miss a day? Should you feel guilty? Yeah. You should, no, I'm just kidding. Don't feel guilty. 15 minutes? I mean, double up the day before or double up the next day or something. In fact, what I like to do is um, sometimes I have like more time on one day than I do the other, then maybe I'll just read two days. That way I can take you know some of the weekend off or whatever. But you know, you should make try to form a habit there because once you get that stuff in your life and you start meditating upon the Word of God and what you just read for the day, oh man, your life will change. Okay, so that's my proposal. And just to kind of solidify my proposal, I want to have my friend Jerry McGuire just kind of see if you guys will want to come along on my, on my proposal. Okay? Do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is. Who is that? Let me just let me just say, as I ease out of the office, I helped build. I'm sorry, but it's a fact that there is such a thing as manners, a way of treating people. These fish have manners. These fish have manners. In fact, they're coming with me. I'm starting a new company, and the fish will come with me. You can call me sentimental. The fish, they're coming with me.
If anybody else wants to come with me, this moment will be the moment of something real and fun and inspiring in this God-forsaken business, and we will do it together. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? <coughs> Who's coming with me besides Flipper here? This is embarrassing. Chair, I'm, no, I'm three months away from the pay increase. I, okay. Okay. I will go with you. Dorothy Boyd, thank you. See you all again. Sleep tight. Let's see how they do without us. <laughs> Sad stuff, guys. No, totally. So that's my proposal. I hope uh, that uh, inspired you to kind of go along with me. But who? wants to revolutionize their life next year? This occurs. I got one person. I got two. I got three. I got four. I got five, six, seven. Good. That's great. Okay. If that is you, just can you stand up with me right now? Just stand up. Okay. Check this out. Because what I have, uh, these Bibles I'm ordering at right now, they're like $12. I'm, I'm going to split the cost with you if you want to sign up and, and commit to read the Bible in a year. Or if you say that's too much for your first time reading through the Bible, I want to read through the New Testament in six months. There's an option for that too. Uh, maybe just the Old Testament in six months. You can do that as well. Um, but I need you guys to put your names on this, this clipboard here. Fill it out. Six bucks for a bi brand new Bible. That's pretty sweet. For only the cost of a cup of bucks. Is that pretty cool? I made that up. <laughs> it's like slang. Okay, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes. It, he didn't say it like that, though. <laughs> and he was hitting on a girl when he said it. <laughs> but he didn't say it like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, I want you guys to pass this around. Put your name, put your phone number, and then check what you want to do. And if you need a Bible, a chronological Bible, put a check mark there. And I'll call you up as soon as I get them. They should be here in about a week. So, they won't be here by the time we meet next month. Um, so, go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and pass this around. And go ahead and make your commitment and sign up on this board right now as before we leave. Okay. Um, now, as you guys are standing, can we just bow our heads and pray for God's favor in this moment that he would encourage us and that we wouldn't grow weary in this, in this doing good? Is that okay with you guys? Yes. All right. 
Uh, Father God, right now, Lord, we lift up our, our hearts and our minds to you. We ask that you would encourage our hearts to, to, get, to dig deep into your word and to go beyond our normal Christianity this year, God. As we look forward to a new year, God, we looked in your word and how you blessed Joshua. You said that if he meditated on your word day and night, that he would find his ways prosperous and successful, God. I pray that as we med upon, meditate upon your word, seeking your face and not your hand, that the goodness that comes from your hand would, would bless us but only after we seek and meditate on your, on your word and your, your, your goodness first, God. God, we seek to obey you. We seek to be transformed into your likeness every day, God. And let this just be a part where we can revolutionize our Christianity, God. Would you continue to help us kill the old man, to put down the dead man, and to continue being this new creation that you called us to be, God. We want to walk in your light. We want to walk in your prosperity and your abundance. But God, first we want to make it our commitment to you, a solidified commitment right now in the name of Jesus. We lift this up. We lift this prayer up to you, God. Do it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, and those of you that commit any one of your, uh, commit, complete any one of your commitments on here, I will. I will buy you a bucks at the end of this six months. So in June, we'll see where you're at. This is the thing, though. If, in order for me to buy you a bucks, not only are you getting a Bible, but if you get through it, I buy you a bucks. I mean, any size you want as many shots that you want, even if it goes beyond six bucks, whatever, I'll buy it for you, but this is the commitment. I've got to have some kind of way of knowing that you guys did this. So not just you coming up and telling me that you read your Bible isn't going to work. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to tell somebody. <laughs> you know? You're going to have to have an accountability partner here. You know what I'm saying? So your, your lighthouse keeper, if you're in a lighthouse, tell your lighthouse keeper, hey, I committed to, to go through the Bible. And then in June, I want, uh, I want Ed to buy me a Starbucks. Or in the end of December... I want Ed to buy me a Starbucks. Would you tell him that I actually read it? Okay? Is that cool with you all? All right. Don't forget to get your names on this clipboard before you leave. All right, guys. Be blessed. I love you guys. Thanks for being here. See you next year.